No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Well, hello and welcome everybody to Always More TV. I'm Rebecca Keener and it's good to be back with you today. We have a very special guest with us for the next few weeks. His name is Reverend Hugh Skelton and he is a wonderful friend of us and our family, our ministry. And Amen. he has been on the mission field now 70 almost 74 years, yeah. right? <laughs> In and out, right. Welcome, Pastor Hugh. Yeah. We're right. so glad to have you and to be able to learn from you. And we're going to be hitting together some very interesting topics that I think our viewers are going to really enjoy. Well, we're praying for that. We hope so. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank yes. you for being with us. It's yeah. uh, just an honor to have you in our home and just to be with our viewers at home. It's an honor yeah. to have you with us as well. So thank yeah. you for tuning in. Yeah. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into it. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for this time to bring and beam the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. What a privilege yes, and an honor. And we just <clears throat> love you, Lord. We invite you into these uh, programs into this time together into the homes of those watching that they would feel your presence and that they would sense your anointing in a powerful way yes, in Jesus, Lord, name, in Jesus amen. name amen 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 well today we wanted just to hear from you and talk about <laughs> the call of the Holy Spirit you know this program pastor Hugh has been all about the Holy Spirit yes. And you've been one of our number one supporters, yeah, yeah. and we do appreciate you for that so, so yeah. much and your encouragement. And um, we, we just find that there's so many people that don't know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so I just wanted you to come and just tell us and teach on how you began to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and be called yeah. into the mission field and the ministry that the Lord's had you in all these years. Well, Becky, I'm not here today by accident. Amen. The Holy Spirit does nothing by accident. He knows the end from the beginning, and He's just waiting for us to listen to what He has to say to us and then be obedient and obey it. But my life has been directed by the Holy Spirit even before I was born. My dad uh, received a word from the Holy Spirit that he would have a son and that he would preach the gospel. And that was 92 years ago, Becky. I remember your dad in, very well. In Kinnear, Georgia. But the problem was when I was born, I was born dead. Oh. And the doctor came out and told my father that he was sorry, but that his child was born dead. Mm. And my father said, I won't receive that doctor. Mm. For the Lord's promised me a son that will preach the gospel. Wow. Said, you go back in that room and you do what you have to do, but my child will live. Wow. And so he did. The doctor went back in the room, and I understand that uh, back in those days, the only way that they knew to work was that he got two horse tubs, put them in the room, put warm water in one, cold water in the other. And he would baptize me from tub to tub, well. uh, even before I had life. Wow. And uh, eventually, I began to breathe, and life 
came into me. Praise the Lord. So uh, that was my father's vision and having heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Powerful. Unfortunately, Becky, as you know today, we are in a period of time when so many precious and good ministers don't really believe that we hear the voice of the Lord today. That since we have the Word of God, that's sufficient. That's all we need. We don't need to hear any more from the Lord and the voice of the Holy Spirit. But of course, my 75 years of ministry now, Rebecca, that I've been preaching the gospel, 75 years. Wow. I've been one that has been, I've been led by the Holy Spirit. All these years, or I would not have had life to continue except through the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so um, when I was uh, growing up, the doctor said to my father, said, well, your son's alive, but he won't live long because he's got a heart as big as his head and got a hole in his heart, and he's no way that he can live long. Mm. So uh, he said, just give him all the candy he wants and <laughs> let him enjoy well. as much of life as he can. Mm -hmm. But of course, that didn't faze my father. So he uh, brought me up in a Christian home, in a Christian church, old-timey fashioned Pentecostal church, all right. where they did believe in hearing the Lord speak in the voice yeah. of the Lord. So um, when I was 17 years old, I was in college at Emmanuel College that you're well acquainted with. Yes, and our oldest son uh, went there. Yep. Yeah, I was praying for my roommate to be saved. And while I was praying for him to be saved, the Holy Spirit came on me. And my life was changed. It was never the same wow. from that day You to were in this. your room, your dorm room? And it was in the dormitory. Uh, really, it was a chapel in the dormitory. Okay. We were all in the chapel having service. Mm -hmm. And after the service, uh, we gathered around my roommate and just started praying for him to be born again and come to know the Lord. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit came on me and uh, what we know today as the baptism of the Holy Spirit was what I know today that the experience that I had was receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so from that moment on, my life has never been the same. Powerful. Uh, so... What did you feel that day? Uh, no words to explain it, uh, yeah. Becky. Those, those times are so spiritual that you just... You don't have words to say what you, your heart is saying. Yes. Your heart is saying. I heard a minister say the other day in regard to the Holy Spirit that he's better felt than tailed. Well, and he <laughs> was on target. True? Yeah. He, a lot of people don't agree with that, don't believe it, but yeah. uh, it's part of my life. You so, can't argue with uh, experience, yeah, can you? you can't. You really can't. So yeah. I know uh, what it is to hear the voice of the Lord and I know what it is to want to hear the voice of the Lord Amen. in situations as well. But anyway, when I was uh, 17, the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, I want you to go into ministry. And I said, uh, well, Lord, uh, I'm not supposed to live long. You mm. know, according to the, the doctors, the medical science, that 
I'm not supposed to, to live long. And so uh, I said, but um, I will do whatever you tell me to do. So there were two other boys in the school that had the call of God on their hearts to be ministers. So on Saturdays, we three boys would go out to Biden, Georgia, and we'd preach on the street and in the park. Oh, that was wow. our opening into the ministry of the Lord. Wow. And so we finally decided we'd put up a tent at Emmanuel College and just have an old-fashioned tent meeting, and we'd preach different one every night. So uh, that's where my ministry began with the Lord. Oh. Unfortunately, back in those days, I was not brought up in a church that believed in missions or taught missions. Hmm. And so therefore, I knew nothing about missions, hardly anything outside the state of Georgia in those days. Yeah. It was my life. But uh, the Lord had a purpose and plan from me from the beginning, Becky, to uh, be what I've been able to be all these years. But anyway, it's a long story that uh, the Lord has led me and guided me and directed me. So from Emmanuel College, uh, I went to, to Mercy University. And uh, while I'm studying at uh, Mercy University, uh, the leaders, unfortunately, of the church at that time, they said that uh, I didn't need to go to the university, that I had enough education. And so education was not popular back in those days. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, my dad said, you're going to college if I have to sell everything I've got to send you. Mm -hmm. So my dad was sparked behind me going to college. Awesome. But I've learned over the years, uh, Becky, that when we intensify our warfare for God, now listen to this. Okay. Satan will intensify his yes. to hinder us. Oh yes. He's not going to fold his arm and say, enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. In no way. Mm -hmm. When he sees that we're moving out into the leadership of the Holy Spirit, well, he moves counterfeitly yes. as quickly as he can to hinder. Mm -hmm. So on the way to the college at Mercer, uh, Dad was taking me in his truck and several uh, young people from Gainesville were going to college, and I'd gathered up all of their suitcases in the truck. So on the way down, we had a terrible accident. Hmm. Truck turned over, they said, I don't know how many yards now it was, but it turned over several times. And suitcases flew everywhere. Oh my, so, and clothes uh, everywhere. Yeah, just sure. scattered everywhere. Wow. Well, when the truck stopped rolling, Dad said, are you okay? I said, I think I am. Mm. Uh, and he said, well, I think I am too. And so by that time, people were stopping and they got us out of the truck. And so long story short, that was Satan's hindering me mm. from going on to try to do what I could to help my own self to become what God wanted me to be. Mm. So while I'm in Mercer this first year, the Lord called my sister Dorothy and her husband Edward to Cuba to be missionaries. And that's 
was very strange to me because I didn't know anything about missionaries, didn't know anything about missions. Mm. And so uh, she and her husband, they go to Cuba. During the time she was there, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Cuba. And I said, Lord, you want me to go to Cuba. Uh, I don't know that I know that I want to do that. You heard that still, small voice. I heard that still, small voice, which the was Ghost. the voice of the Holy Spirit, mm. saying, go to Cuba. Wow. So uh, I, uh, I I actually argued with the Lord. I'm sure. Because uh, I didn't know anything about missions. Mm. But in the meantime, my wife later, Louise, she was called to go to Cuba from a tuberculosis bed in Rome, Georgia. She was dying with TB, mm. and she was reading Noah Roberts' magazine one day about God's healing. Yes. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, My daughter, if you will believe me and get up off of this bed mm. and go to Cuba and work with Hughes' sister, I will heal you. Wow. And she immediately got up off the bed and called her family to come get her. They thought oh. she'd lost her mind. Wow. You know, getting up off of the yes. bed of two birds. Back in those days, yeah. it was a deadly disease. Yes. That and Oral fall. Roberts was healed of that as well. Yeah. yeah. And so she knew that he had been healed of TB, mm -hmm. and that was an encouragement to her. Sure. That she knew it was, was real. Mm -hmm. But to make a long story short, she came home and uh, spent about uh, three or four months or so and uh, said that uh, to her parents, she said, I've got to share something with you. Said, I feel to go to Cuba. And her mother didn't say anything, but her father was in great opposition to it. He oh. said, honey, you've you just been in the hospital with tuberculosis and you're going to Cuba? Wow. And uh, he was in... Of course, great opposition, but she was determined. And how old were both of you at this time? We were about 21 or two. Oh, right? as a mama of <laughs> yeah. around that age. Yeah. yeah. So we were young. Yeah. Very young. Wow. And I was still, had a lot to learn, still do, but in those days I really had a lot to learn. <laughs> oh, my. So anyway... Uh, Becky, uh, she went to Cuba, and uh, she was a friend of mine because of being a friend of my sister's, and I knew her quite well because she was at the house a lot visiting my sister, mm -hmm. but uh, it never ever dawned to me one time that someday she'd be my wife wow. at all, but uh, she went on to Cuba as a single girl, and so when I finally obeyed the Lord and got on the plane and went to Cuba. She was there. Well, I didn't want to stay. When I arrived in Cuba, and it was so different, the culture was so different, and uh, the way the people live was totally different from my lifestyle here in the States. Sure. They had no refrigeration, they cooked on charcoal, and mm. no screens on the windows and doors, and. So it was just a different world. And this was prior to the um, 
the presidency of Fidel Castro. Is that right? Yes, you went prior before. to his time. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I went to Cuba and I, I was saying to myself, I wonder what's the next plane back to Atlanta, how <laughs> quick I can get out of yeah. here and go back home. So the night came and it was time to eat. And my sister said, now, when you take the bread, you'll have to hit it on the edge of the table because it's full of ants. And I thought she was oh. kidding me, but it was, she wasn't. Wow. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I was really ready to come home then. Wow. But she said, well, we're going to the church tonight. And I said, well, I'll go with you. So we go to church. And it was a mixed church with blacks and Asians and the Cuban people. And I'd not been accustomed to a mixed congregation in church in my lifetime. So that was different. And uh, I'm looking at my watch and wondered, because it's all in Spanish and I didn't know Spanish. And I didn't know what was being said or not said. And so I'm looking at my watch and wondering how long this service is going to be. And some young black children got up, Becky, on the platform and started singing courses. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And as I watched those young children sing, their eyes was big as silver dollars. And I could tell they were enjoying every moment of it. Mm. So I said, well, I guess I can live through this. And the <laughs> Holy Spirit mm. came into that room, Rebecca, mm. and spoke to me as though I'm speaking to you right now. Powerful. And said, son, I want you to go back, finish your education, mm. and come back to Cuba and work among these people. Oh, wow. I went into that service not knowing the will of God. I left. Mm. Definitely knowing the will of God Powerful. from that service. Wow. So uh, anyway. From the lips of babes and their praise, yeah, yeah. you heard the call to the mission field. The Lord spoke to me and said, she's going to be your wife. Oh. Well, I was interested in another girl at that time. Oh. In Gainesville. This isn't in the book. No. This yes, is... in the old book. Oh, okay. It's in the old book. Okay. So... <laughs> she, made, she made you take it out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I knew the Lord had spoken. Mm. So I wrote her by letter and asked her if she would marry me. Well, for several weeks went by and I heard nothing from her, so... Thought, well, I guess I miss the Lord. And then I heard back from her and she said, yes, I will marry you. Mm. So my sister had a baby and it uh, didn't live. So my father, he went to Cuba to check on her to be sure she was all right. So uh, when he came back, Louise came back with him. They came back to the States together. Okay. Well... So I'm still at Mercer when all this is going on. And so she came back, and three months later, we were married. Mm. It just, uh, the plan of God, the plan of the Holy Spirit, put two young people together that she had the call, she had learned the language, 
I had the call, but did not know the language. So she came home and she went with me my last year at Mercer to to Mercer University to school. We went to school together. Well, back in those days, Becky, we had no money. Money was a high-priced object. Yes. But uh, we knew the Lord had promised us that he would take care of us. So there was another young couple there, Bob and Joe Dollar. They were Baptist. And so they didn't have money either. So I said, well, why don't we rent an apartment together and you pay the rent one month, I'll pay it the next month. Wow. So Mm. that all worked out and we rented a, a place right close to the university so we could walk back and forth to university. And so they had their bedroom and bath and we had ours and we shared the kitchen. Oh. So those were interesting days to say the least. Yes. And so when I finished uh, my education at Mercer and uh, Louise said, well, uh, I'm anxious to go back to Cuba. And I said, well, let me check with our mission board at the church and see what they say about it. Well, the day we met the mission board to go to Cuba was the only two missionaries that the church had ever had, and they had been to India, and they were back. And while they were in India, they didn't establish any work at all. They just uh, were teachers at a Bible college that was already in the country of India. So when they came back to meet with the board and had nothing physical to offer the board about their three years of ministry, the board was not interested in sending Louisa and myself to Cuba because that was their knowledge of missions. We sent two people out and they've come back, we have nothing. Mm, So uh, they finally agreed, well, if uh, you go, We'll, you'll go with our blessing. But uh, if funds come in, we'll support you. If they don't, we're not under obligation to support you. Wow. So she and I visited what few churches we could that knew us and knew who we were. And so we arrived in Cuba on February the 8th, 1955. Two young people, 25 years old. I knew nothing about missions. I had to depend on Louise for everything. (laughs) So uh, we uh, ended up in the second largest city called Santiago in Cuba. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, we've got to have a a church. Got to have a church. And so we rented a house that had a big front room in it. And since Dad had taught me to do carpenter work, I made benches in the pulpit and made the house look like a church. Wow. So, okay, we've got a church, but we don't have any people. Wow. <laughs> no. So Louis said, well, I will visit in the community uh, with the mothers, and if they have children, see if she, the mother will let them go to the church, and I'll teach Sunday school. Back in those days, we had what we called flannel graph, you know, okay. to teach with. Uh-huh. So we had that. Well, to make a long story short, she had, uh, I believe, 32 children that first Sunday. 
wow. in the church mm. that mothers had let them go. Never did she or I, Becky, have any thought ever of leaving Cuba. We thought we'd spend our life in Cuba oh. at that point. But she lived long enough to know that that Sunday school, Becky, had produced Sunday schools in 35 countries Ooh, of the world. Hallelujah. And that's how we started. We were pioneers. Wow. We were pioneers. In you are world. indeed, and there's so much to your story. Yeah. And there was a lot of warfare that you all encountered in Cuba and we're in our third program we're going to talk about spiritual warfare because yeah, you are one of the best teachers I've ever heard on spiritual <laughs> well, warfare I remember hearing kind. you years ago but in our just few moments yes. left I want to encourage everybody at home Pastor Yu is just a wealth of wisdom as you can see a lifetime of experiences on the mission field around the world and thousands of churches that he's been to and help to support and to plant around the world. And so we're just gonna take some time and just learn from him in the next couple of weeks. And I want you to be back with us and join us. And beyond that, if you feel led to support Pastor Hugh, he is still on the mission field and you're headed out next month yeah. to believe down to Honduras to and Honduras. then over to Guatemala. Honduras and in Guatemala. Guatemala. And That's in March. Wow, and yeah. just as active as he ever was at 93 years old. 92. <laughs> 93 in July. Yeah, in, in, August, in August. 93 in August. Yeah. Been on the mission field 73 years. Yeah. You yeah. and Miss Louise, she went home to be with the Lord last year, and you Naples. would have been married yes. how many years? 70? We were married 70 years. 70 years. 70 years. Hallelujah. And we've and got. She lived long enough to recognize that God had blessed her ministry. Well, she was a powerful woman of God. And yeah. these two books that um, we want to make available to those of you watching, Vision Caster, the story of Hugh Skelton and On the Edge of a Miracle, both tell stories of his journeys through the year on the mission field. And most importantly, we want you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because He will give you that life of adventure and excitement and joy. It's not without pressures or challenges as we both know, but the Lord is the answer to the world yes. this day. So give your heart and life to Jesus Christ and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to hear His voice just as Pastor Hugh has and it will bless you in ways you will never imagine and you will have a secured eternity in yeah. heaven. That's the most important thing. And we know Miss yes. Louise is in heaven today oh, yes. in the great cloud of witnesses okay. and she's cheering you on to well, keep going. I believe that. Amen. Believe that. Well, thank you for being with us. We just are My so joy. honored and, and can't wait to hear more and more <laughs> from you over the next couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. And we also want to just thank you for being part of Always More TV. Thank you for your support of Heritage Christian Fellowship, which was started in 1972 by my parents in our yes. 50th year. So we're celebrating 50 years with Heritage. Wow. We love you. Jesus loves you. We look forward to seeing you again on Always More TV.
This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org.